Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. As always, it's our goal here to help you understand the literal sense of the scriptures, particularly the gospel reading from today's Mass. So the reading from today's Mass, the gospel reading, is Luke chapter 6, verses 36 to 38. So here's the reading. Jesus said to his disciples, Be compassionate as your Father is compassionate. Do not judge, and you will not be judged yourselves. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned yourselves. Grant pardon, and you will be pardoned. Give, and there will be gifts for you. A full measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap, because the amount you measure out is the amount you will be given back. So we have here a short excerpt from Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount. So here we have large crowds coming to hear Jesus. And this is just a short excerpt of that larger sermon. If you want to hear the larger text that this is taken from, you can hear that on Thursday of week 23 in Ordinary Time. So by now, Jesus has already said quite a few things in the sermon. He's already said, love your enemies. Uh, He's basically said, turn the other cheek. Treat others as you would like them to treat you. And then the last thing he said is, do good without any hope of return. And if you do that, you'll be sons of the Most High, because God the Most High is kind and grateful to the wicked as well. So all of that has happened, and now we get to verse 36 today. Be compassionate as your Father is compassionate. More literally there, it's be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Mercy carries this idea of being deeply moved, or compassion certainly does, of being deeply moved in helping those in need. And Jesus here is particularly referring to sinners. Have mercy on sinners. This teaching is going to be amplified in the parable of the Good Samaritan in particular. And again, Jesus' point here is be compassionate, be merciful, as your Father is compassionate. So a lot of the sermon here conveys the idea that Christians, if they're true sons of the Father, they need to act like him, so that when people see their good works of Christians, they'll be pointed back to the Father. That's the model Jesus is setting up here. This phrase here, be merciful as your father is merciful, it's actually an interesting reformulation of Leviticus 19 verse 2. That commandment basically says, be holy as God is holy. That was the Old Testament model. But holiness in the Old Testament had an element of separating from sinners. That's kind of what was entailed by holiness. Jesus here now transforms it and says, rather than focusing on that, be merciful as God is merciful. Jesus has exemplified this mercy in his own ministry, hasn't he? He's eaten with sinners, so he wants his followers to do the same thing. Think about how radical this is. Rather than focusing on holiness and separation, which is what the Jews tended to focus on, Jesus says God's true will, God's first priority, is that we show love and mercy to all people. Verse 37, now we get the famous, do not judge. Do not judge and you will not be judged yourselves. Let's start with the basic meaning of this phrase means something like this. The level you judge others with will be the level that God judges you, right? So notice that. So if you don't want to be judged by God, therefore do not judge others. That's what the phrase means in and of itself. But what does it mean to judge? What does that word mean? Well, I think the next couple of verses make it clear. The kind of judgment Jesus is thinking of here is condemning others and withholding forgiveness when they sin against you. It's, it's in the context of sin, showing mercy to a sinner. 
Apparently, this was a mistake that people were making in the time of Jesus. People believed they were more holy if they vocally pointed out the faults of others. So Jesus says his disciples are not to be like that. Do not condemn and you'll not be condemned yourself. That's the next thing he says. Why can't people condemn? What's what's Jesus sort of, what's the point here? Why would he say Christians should not condemn? Why can't Christians make these kind of final judgments? The reason is probably that although Christians can evaluate a person's actions in an exterior way, that's a good idea for Christians to do, they cannot judge a person's heart. No one knows a person's hidden intention and struggles. So that seems to be Jesus' motivation here, is even when you can clearly see someone has done something wrong, do not condemn them. You cannot judge them on the interior level. The Jews in Jesus' time, and in fact us today as well, they're prone to make unwarranted generalizations about a person's character on the basis of this or that transgression. This do not judge teaching is a teaching that we should not write someone off because they've committed a certain sin. Rather, we should not condemn them. We can judge the action, but we need to show them mercy. That is the teaching here. Do not write them off. Jesus here is not teaching that Christians cannot make private judgments about a person's actions or ideas. Now, that's often the interpretation you'll hear today, isn't it? If someone brings up, um, you know, a Christian has condemned a certain behavior, the first thing we'll hear is, well, Christians should not judge. That's not exactly what Jesus is saying, though. Jesus is not saying that Christians can't make private judgments about a person's actions. It's clearly not wrong to judge whether an action is sinful according to the law of God. That's actually part of being Christian and part of having a conscience. In fact, Jesus later goes on to give instructions to his Christian leaders about how to deal with public sin. We see that in Matthew 18. Jesus actually lays out the rules for disciplining those who are in public grave sin. So there's a place for that. The focus here is on forgiveness for personal transgressions. If someone has committed a sin, particularly if they ask for forgiveness, you must not withhold mercy. You must show mercy even to sinners. Grant pardon and you will be pardoned. So it makes it pretty clear, right? This do not judge is immediately followed with show mercy and grant pardon. So it's the kind of judgment Jesus has in view here is clearly about forgiveness of sin. That's that's why exegesis is really helpful. Read the context, read the passages around it, and it often sheds some light on it. Now, more literally, this part here in verse 37 says, forgive and you will be forgiven. Notice that we should think about this. Forgiveness is conditional. Often you'll hear that Christians, uh, all Christian sins are forgiven automatically. Well, no, not according to Jesus. Jesus says, forgive and then you will be forgiven. Now, how exactly that works on a spiritual level, that's not entirely clear. But Jesus does tell us that our actions in this life can merit before God, and he's going to overlook our offenses if we strive to do the same to others. This actually becomes clearer in the Our Father. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And in Matthew's version, Jesus goes on to amplify it and say, if you don't forgive others, God won't forgive you. Maybe some of his Jewish audience felt that God would forgive any sin automatically because they're his chosen people. Jesus is correcting that view here. He says, God will only forgive you if you treat others well and you forgive them. Last verse is verse 38. Give and there will be gifts for you. Or more literally, it will be given to you. The teaching here is that if we give to others selflessly, God will give good gifts to us. And then he uses this very Jewish phrase. A full measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. 
Now, what's going on here with, with the lap metaphor? Well, in that culture, by folding one's cloak over the belt, a pouch could be formed to carry grain from the marketplace. So this is an economic metaphor. If you've um, something poured into your lap means you've just gotten something, you've just bought something and they're pouring it into like a, a pocket that you've made in your cloak. And here he says it's running over. And the fact that it's running over shows that God, it's God's abundant giving. It's like you've got a massive pile of grain that you've been given. So it's a very Jewish way where Jesus says here, an abundant gift will be given to you by God if you give to others. That's the teaching. And then he finishes by saying, the amount you measure out is the amount you will be given back. So it conveys this idea of pouring out a certain amount and you receive the same back in exchange. So God will bless Christians proportionately to how much they give to others. We should keep this in mind. Uh, This is not prosperity gospel sort of stuff, is it? It's a little different. It's to the extent that you live the love commandment, that's the extent to which God will show favor to you. And obviously there's, you know, a lot more we could say about this in terms of theology, but that, that is what's there on the literal level of today's text. So if you want to hear the next section of the Sermon on the Mount or the Sermon on the Plain, as it's called in Luke, you can hear that on Friday of week 23 in Ordinary Time. So you might like to look through the podcast archives to find that one. Let's finish today by looking at the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which is, of course, the summary of the Catholic Church's teachings. What does it have to say about today's passage or how can today's passage tell us about Catholic teaching? Paragraph 1458 is about the confession of sins. Here's what it says. Without being strictly necessary, confession of everyday faults or venial sins is nevertheless strongly recommended by the church. Indeed, the regular confession of our venial sins helps us form our conscience, fight against evil tendencies, let ourselves be healed by Christ and progress in the life of the Spirit. By receiving more frequently through this sacrament, the gift of the Father's mercy, we are spurred to be merciful as he is merciful. So it's an interesting application there. Here the church's teaching is we should be confessing even venial sins because by having mercy shown to us, we are spurred to be merciful. So here's a quite an interesting teaching about the sacrament of confession, which links here to the Sermon on the Plain. When we're merciful to others, it's basically because God has been merciful to us in the sacrament of confession. Paragraph 2842, again, this is about forgiveness. Forgive those who trespass against us. This as is not unique in Jesus' teaching. You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. It is impossible to keep the Lord's commandments by imitating the divine model from outside. There has to be a vital participation coming from the depths of the heart in the holiness and the mercy and the love of our God. Only by the Spirit by whom we live can we make ours the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. Then the unity of forgiveness becomes possible, and we find ourselves forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave us. So here this teaching that we should forgive one uh, one another because God has forgiven us, here the Catholic Church reminds us that that's really only possible if we have God's divine life in us. It's very hard to do based purely on our own power. I hope you've learned something new today. Please keep telling other people about the podcast. 
leave a review on iTunes or YouTube. That will really help the podcast be presented to more people. And hopefully you'll tune in again tomorrow.